0: To the Vinny Rock podcast. podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. Do it. It's time, the Vinny Rock Podcast. Welcome to the Vinnie Rock podcast. I come to you today. Slightly uh, different energy. You know, the... uh, Today we're going to talk about mental health. We'll talk about mental health and wellness, okay? Um, I got to change this microphone. We're gonna talk about, you know, I think I I feel like I talk about this enough for people to have heard my version or my story. And so if not, let me tell it today. Um, Let's start off with just, you guys know our sponsors. They're the ones that helped me do this. It's been a blessing to have these sponsors on board. Um, I want you guys to, if you ever are curious who our sponsors are, If you go to my social media, there's a link in the bio. It's called a stand store is what it says. It has all the links to every single one of our sponsors for the podcast. All right. Our new sponsor is Tri Neuro Supplements. It's a neuro nootropic, but it's also a kind of like brain medicine, brain food, if you will. Um, it's a, it's to help your brain uh, and, and. I'm trying. i gonna have him on here. It's, a, it's created by a neurosurgeon, so um, or brain surgeon essentially. So I want to have him on here to explain, but uh, it is outstanding. I absolutely love it. Okay, you know our other sponsors, Mit forty five. I have some right here. I was actually trying to read up on it more to understand it. You know, this is kind of a controversial space for some people. I'm still learning a lot about it, Um, but you guys can go online and check it out if you're curious. I'll put it up in this camera as well. Uh, Trying to get the light off it. But uh, MIT 45 is Kratom, essentially, and I can't think, I can't pronounce the name of it. <laughs> I don't know it's an extract of a plant essentially it is plant medicine uh, it is uh, a little controversial some places it is considered as drugs sometimes it's not I don't believe it is all the research I've done on it uh, I've been looking at some of the videos uh, but it does it can change your mood uh, it also attacks the or attacks or, or it also hits the um, opiate receptors and so people who have been struggled with addiction they have used this and found a lot of success. There are some, um, there are some, some things to look into if you have any kind of medical condition. So I would, I would recommend that you guys go look onto the website. It explains a lot about it. Uh, Mid forty five. It is essentially kratom. This one has uh, some caffeine in it as well. Uh, they sent a whole package of these, and so I will give them to my guests as they ask for them. Uh, I don't. I'm still looking into these and trying to better understand them. Uh, one of the one of the CEOs of the company will be on our podcast to better explain and give some insight. So, uh, kind of exciting. Uh, I, I'm I'm always fascinated by new new companies and new um, I guess supplements in the wellness space, and that's one. <clears throat> um, do, 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 you guys know GMR Gold and Boy Box. That's our precious metals and. And, um, subscriptions. I just have a box downstairs. I need to open it. Uh, Everest.com. You guys already know who they are. They're the outdoor, um trading posts, if you will, you know, anything you would try and get for camping and hunting, uh, you can find on that website. It's kind of the all in one. I love it. Uh, and they're just really good people. Ruck pack. I actually took one just a few minutes ago cause I'm packing, getting my stuff ready to go to work and, um, you know how, they, how they are. They, uh, that's again, it's another one that kind of feeds your mind, gives you some energy uh, it is developed by some special operations dudes, uh, modern gun school. If you guys have <clears throat> your GI bill, which I currently am wrapping up my vocational rehab for my master's in psychology. <clears throat> um, if you guys have any kind of education benefits, you can contact them and they take the benefits for you to become an armor, a gun armor, uh, in the convenience of your own home. And so really cool program. I've had several guys from the podcast jump on there and get that certification. And they're they're none but good things to say. Core Medical Group. I'm going to be headed to the core um, veterans appreciation in February. Uh, hope to see some of you guys there. I have some books I'll be signing there as well as I'll be speaking. <clears throat> I'll be speaking on a topic probably called in the communication space a little This kind of touches on it today, what I'm going to talk about, but core medical group, if you guys have questions, want to get your blood work done, hit me up. Uh, I'll send you directly to my guy who, who I trust. Okay. And, uh, don't forget my book borderline. It's out there. So um, I'm trying to find the right words to say. And the reason why words have become so important to me is because the further I research and learn psychology and the personal experiences I have in the psychological operations space, as well as understanding the power of influence, um, I'm very mindful with the words that I say and write. If you understand, even my social media is kind of constructed in a way where I don't post negative content, often if ever. Um, I don't want to be the person that uh, passes uh, kind of the negative vibe, the downer vibe. Um, Because understanding psychology a little bit more, and the more I dig into it, I realize that we have the... We have these phones in our hands and we have access to so much information. Our minds are not equipped, not everyone's minds are equipped to decipher information in a healthy manner. And what happens is people start to consume um, certain products that are made on social media, and I call them products in the sense of uh, social media uh, packages or content. And if you continue to watch these certain specific type of videos, they can desensitize you to that, to that, uh, I don't know, idea or that situation, which can make you um, have a different perspective of things. It's, it's really fascinating. It's kind of deeper than, than I'm even saying. Um, but when I talk about this topic, we'll say this, you guys know. The twenty-two a day and what it refers to. So that word, I have tried to not use that word in in my social media for a few years now, and I've said it a couple times to try and convey a message. But I'm not going to say it today. I'm going to say this: what I come up for the term is terminal crisis, and I'm going to use that for today's message. So, as you guys are listening, as you guys are. Soaking in and picking up what I'm putting down, understand what terminal crisis means. I I think you get it. So, and I might talk a little bit of psychology. And so I want to make sure you guys that I can read some of the stuff off my, have some stuff on my phone, my computer that might help as well. So in the past, you know, 10 years, I've worked in the veteran kind of wellness space, uh, my personal laptop, if you don't mind, can you bring it up here? Thanks, dude. I've worked in kind of the, the mental health space and it kind of started with like <clears throat> um, struggling myself a little bit, getting some counseling, right? I did some EMDR and that was kind of the first um, deep dive into wellness or or my own health, right? <clears throat> realizing that I am struggling with post-traumatic stress, realizing that I'm, I, I'm and later we'll, we'll, we'll continue that conversation, but. I identified that I was probably struggling with some post traumatic stress. I was struggling with sleeping, and I was struggling with drinking. Okay, and so when I stru- realized that I could uh, potentially, you know, be struggling with this, I started to look further into it. Thanks, Pop. Appreciate you. Uh, and then when I started f- struggling with it myself, uh, I started learning things. Right, I started putting myself through several different kind of trainings and whatnot. Um, and this kind of has continued uh, with with when we were on Drinking Bros, we created um, Vigilant Guard. Vigilant Guard was like a, a Facebook page for people who are struggling, all people, not just veterans. But I started to kind of understand mental health. I started to understand how people find themselves in these really spaces, right? A lot of guys get out of the military, they lose purpose. A lot of a lot of people who get out of professional sports, they lose purpose. A lot of guys who get out of prison lose purpose. And so I started realizing like, man, a lot of people... Uh, it's just human, the human condition. They want to find purpose. Right. And that's, that's an interesting thing. Right. And so as we dig deeper into this, I did different counseling. If we're fast forward until now, um, I've done a bunch of different counseling uh, styles or, or I'll say modalities of healing. Right. I've done things that you might not even identify as a modality. I've done things like prayer, uh, meditation, Breathing. Uh, I've done stem cell treatment. I've done TBI clinics. I've done post traumatic stress uh, counseling. I've done talk therapy. I've done EMDR therapy. Uh, I've done uh, sweat lodge with the Koda Indians, right? The natives. I have done. The list goes on and on, right? I've done group sessions. I've done hape non plant medicine that's that's non psychedelic. Uh, I've done a, a long list of things and I continue to put myself through them because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to unpack and heal generational trauma, military trauma, relationship trauma, financial trauma, right life, Right? The, the the story of life shit happens and what happens is sometimes we don't process it in a healthy manner and so then it kind of lingers and it lingers in a way where we don't realize it's actually haunting us or it's affecting us until it comes out in a very ugly way. Uh, a lot of ways to to try and break that down, but essentially I've realized that there was a lot of things in my life that has kind of led me to, oh man, it's not just military that I was struggling with. It was my childhood. It was, it was relationship trauma. It was, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, you know, one of the generational curses and I'll call it a curse that I was fortunate enough to have broken is drinking, right? My, my family drinks, my being Latino drinks, but my dad drinks, my uncles drink, my grandfather drank. And it was something that I was raised to believe is normal. It was fine. It was no big deal. Some of you listening to this podcast are like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it for you maybe. But for me, there was something wrong with it. I didn't want to continue this pattern where my kids felt it was normal too. I wanted my kids to be mature enough to make that decision if they want to, and also understand that they don't have to. And i on the other hand, felt I had to, to be a man, to, to fit in, to, to be part of the cool crowd. And I don't feel like that anymore. And I don't feel the pressure of that anymore. And I don't want my kids to feel that pressure because if you guys are like me, some of the most embarrassing times of your life, some of the moments that you're just completely uh, not proud of have all stemmed from a night of drinking. And so, um, I choose not to have those right anymore. And so, as I say that, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And so, we'll go through this. Why don't I use the term 22? Well, 22 is rooted off a negative, I call, I'll call it negative psychology, off a negative outcome of a veteran, okay? And this isn't just for veterans. This is for just humans, right? Because right now, this is kind of an epidemic in this in our society from, from veterans to law enforcement to just people, right? So, uh, I'm talking for all of us, like mankind, right? <laughs> Humanity, right? People, like people who in existence who have to go through this fucking life and trying to manage it. And so if we can say that 22, why do we focus on it so fucking hard? Well, it's because it creates an emotional response. If you understand psychological operations, if you understand social influence, you find a topic that people are emotionally invested into and you exploit that. Okay. That's what the 22 is. That 22 number is, it represents how many veterans succumb to uh, terminal crisis. Right. And that's, we can argue like whether that Number is accurate or not? We already know it wasn't originally accurate. It was used because it sounded better than twenty-three or twenty-one. Uh, it was kind of a marketing capability, right? And the the and so on and so forth. And so it, it's irrelevant. The number is extremely high. Got it. But using that as a focus point for all these nonprofits, for all these 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 organizations to it creates an emotional response for people that care that are that just are emotionally connected to and they, they believe they profoundly believe that they want to support those who have served our country and so they feel the need to support them by donating money and so on and so forth there's nothing wrong with that I'm not saying there's anything wrong with I'm saying that created a stigma of terminal crisis okay that created an ripple effect that stormed through all veteran communities especially in America to say hey yeah i don't want to be a statistic or when someone's drinking and they find themselves in a really bad spot they say man i should just be one of the i should just be a statistic i should be one of the 22s right and so we essentially created this monster of terminal crisis because we felt so so close to this subject and wanted to do something that accidentally we created a self-fulfilling prophecy what we didn't want to happen was more terminal crisis what we created was more terminal crisis all of us did anyone who's participated in 22 push-ups anyone who's participated in 22 this anyone who's participated in any of that stuff inadvertently they continued to they consi- they continued the the whole, negative cloud around veterans. They didn't create a positive outlook on becoming a veteran, okay? So, there's a few s- psychology theories, all right, that that it falls into. One of them is called learned helplessness, and the concept is, de- is developed by Martin, uh, I think it's Segman, all right? He suggests that individuals may learn how to feel helpless and a pass, uh, passive in the face of negative events, if they have experienced uh, situations in the past where they have had no control. Okay, so essentially, learned helplessness essentially is what we've kind of created, right? The self fulfilling prophecy I said earlier. Um, confirmation bias and so that one's another one where it's like oh well if, if that veteran did it well then who am I right and so these different psychology theories kind of proven but not even that there's a white paper study in this called the contagion the contagion of the word I'm not going to say and I'll put that link in this so you guys can read it all right this is not just like me spouting out bullshit I'm telling you and then there's groupthink. So, so I have a list of seven here that kind of fall in line with what can become negative psychology if you, if you perceive it that way. And so when you focus on the negative thing, it becomes the norm. And if that becomes the norm, it becomes the accepted. And if that becomes the accepted, well, then here you go. Okay. I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm just saying that's not the answer. All right. The answer, that's not the answer. It's been proven when you focus on the negative aspect of things, you create the self-fulfilling prophecy, you create this learned helplessness, you create this confirmation bias, you create this, can we continue? Right? So the power of messaging, the power of your social media videos um, is important. The, The power of what you put out to the world is extremely important. So remember a while back, there's this picture of, of veterans, they're sitting around the table and they have, you know, a gun to their mouth or something like that. That's emotional response. We're trying to create the emotional response of like, oh man, I feel bad for that. That did not do what it was intended to do. It continued to, to push this idea that we are broken. So then the civilians who don't know veterans very well who have a heart for veterans they start to think like man veterans are really really fucked up and um you know they're broken and they're mentally in a bad place when it's not necessarily true that statistic of a whole is actually more veterans are successful in corporate offices and in, in, in businesses, the list goes on and on in the sense we're like, what? But we don't talk about those because don't don't those don't create the same amount of emotional response that a sad narrative does. Okay. So when I say that is like, when you post something like that, I know what your intention in your head is, man, people need to remember veterans are hurting, veterans are suffering. Okay. That's what you want, right? That's your intention. But the effect of that, the actual... Effects of that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're creating more, more of the negative in your own community. So you're counterintuitive. It's it's counterintuitive to what you're trying to do, what you should do. Okay. Instead of creating a negative psychology fucking blanket across social media that where every time a veteran's looking for something to be inspired by, been motivated by uh, something to get their mind off of fucking life, they run into your Debbie Downer post that was intended to make no one feel alone, right? For us to all feel included. Uh, it just continued to perpetuate the same idea that veterans are broken and that's not fair. That's not okay. So if you really give a shit about your community, well then you would understand the psychology behind the message. You would understand how important it is to watch what you say and what you put out into the world because it matters. It matters. That one individual who's sad, who's drinking, who's alone, and he's like, man, I just feel like I just don't know what to do. And then he pops up on your page where you tell him he's broken. You just confirm. He's just looking for someone to, confirmation bias, he's looking for someone to like, oh, he's he see, he says everything I feel. I'm broken. I'm, I'm not feeling in a good place. I'm, I'm alone. You just confirm that for him, right? Is that what you want? Do you just want everyone else to feel the same sadness? If you feel that way, I understand you posting. Uh, if you feel that way, I get it. But if you feel like you want to be an influencer for your own community, then I would actually go about it in a different way. I would go about it in the direction of positive psychology. I would, after every video, you should look at it and say, does that give someone inspiration? Does that motivate someone? Does that does that have people in a place like showing them success did I, sh- did I leave on the table a win? Or did someone watch my content and say, damn, well, there goes my fucking day. That's what we have to think about. Well, that's what I think about. That's how in-depth of this subject that I go into. When I wrote my book, Borderline, there was nothing in there that should be perceived political it was just facts. I wasn't leaning left or right. It was more centrist than anything. And I think that actually tripped people out. But for me, I know the psychology of messaging. And it's like, if I want to turn half you people off, I can just jump like hard left or hard right. And all of a sudden half you stop listening. The goal for me is to, to continue a discussion. We want to improve our communities. I want to improve this nation. And the only way that happens is by having meaningful conversations. So as I say that Be mindful about what you put online. Be mindful how you say your piece. Be mindful of the message that you leave out there for others who are struggling. You should want to err on the side of caution in positive psychology than leaving a Debbie Downer message out to the world. If you heard that saying of like two wolves, you know, which one survives the good one, the bad one, right? It's the one you feed right? The one you feed survives. Forget the whole thing. I'm pretty sure I fucked that up. The point of the matter is if you feed positivity, your world will be more positive. If you feed negativity, your world will be more negative. You are what you consume. So the information you receive is what you are. And you start to be a Debbie Downer. I mean, I listen to a lot of motivational stuff. I'm always trying to get motivated. I listen to a lot of psychology stuff. I listen to a lot of, a lot of, um, personal growth stuff, because that's where my mind is at. That's where my world's at. That's where my space is at. Okay. And so first I just want to talk about the messaging and why I use, why I use, um, um, terminal, terminal crisis other than the other word. Okay. So negative psychology 22, good initiative, bad judgment. That's what that is. Okay. And if you still rock with that, that's on you. Go ahead. I'm not saying anything. I'm giving you my, I'm giving you my opinion, but I'll show you white paper studies that can back that. Okay. Continuing. So when I looked at my own life and I turned around and said, all right, what are the five reasons why someone commits terminal crisis? It's going to be finances, relationships, uh, sorry, finances, relationships, um, trauma, right? Uh, Uncured trauma. Uh, It's going to be addictions. And the last one is finances. Oh, pain. Pain. Cool. So if you look at the five top reasons, if you just Google this, right, and say, what are the five top reasons why someone would succumb to their own injuries, right? Why someone would reach terminal crisis? And those are the top five. Finances, relationships, trauma, addiction, and pain, right? Someone who's just in, just like, crazy pain. So like me being a drill sergeant in the military, what we did was like, hey, we're going to go to the BMR range, right? We're going to go to the the basic marksmanship uh, range with these soldiers who are boneheads, who've never touched a gun in their life. And how do we make this safe, right? How do we do live rounds and make it safe? Well, we do a walkthrough first, and then we're going to be doing, uh, cadre is going to be here, here, here. We're going to put the weapons down. We're going to have a cadre in that moment. So what we've done is implemented uh, mitigation points that can that can make sure that the training is safe. So we added another drill sergeant this location. We made sure they didn't touch the gun. We had it locked and cleared to the rear for them, blah, 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 blah. And so when you talk about training and how do you mitigate the worst case scenario with live rounds as a, as a soldier getting hurt or possible death, is that death being the worst thing. How do I reverse plan this thing or backwards plan this so that I make sure that it never gets to that. And so in that same sense of planning a mission day as a drill sergeant and implementing everything we could to mitigate, um, mitigate any kind of potential personal injury is we had to implement different tools to make sure that they were safe. Okay. And this, that is no different in the five that I just mentioned. If you implement certain tools, it could help manage those areas when you find yourself in crisis. And so one of the things we do in, in our in our men's group, right, is we get everyone to do blood work because I want to make sure everyone's in a, in a good place horm- hormonally, but two, we have them go do an assessment tool and that gives us a baseline of like where they're at mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and professionally, right? And so once we do those things, we could directly, as soon as we see a red, uh, like a red flag, boom, we could direct them straight to a counselor because we have that in our group, right? We have a counselor, boom, connects them. And then we could also check the blood work and they could determine whether they want to use that or not. We don't get money off that. We just pass it off to a company that we partner with, core medical group, right? Oh, and then we have like a 20 questionnaire. And that 20 questionnaire is a good baseline to understand how someone was raised because it's really good to, to, the only way you can really lead someone is understanding who they are and what makes them tick, okay? And so in saying all that is... Then we address the five areas. All right, finances. How are those? Well, we we give people financial classes because we think it's important to teach them how to budget, but also how to save, how to manage, and also how to, uh, to eventually invest. Okay, so that's important. So we're we're gonna we're, we're willing to help with that. So if you um, did that as well for yourself, you'd be putting yourself in a good place. Finances are scary. like my, my parents didn't teach me finances, uh, and I've and I've had a lot of money at times. I've had no money at times, and so. From, from someone who's fucked up his finances plenty of times. Trust me, that's one of those conversations I hate to have, but I have to have it, okay? So I need, to, I need to be better at it. I need to be better at it, okay? On top of finances, you know, there's things you can do with, you have to be, you have to take your classes, and if you need someone, hit me up. We'll, we'll put classes on for you. I don't care who you are. I'll put an open open class and bring specials to just talk about it, okay? So address your finances, Okay after finances, let's go relationships. So we talk about relationships in our group quite a bit. And I'm not saying you guys all jump into my group. I'm saying this in the sense we're like in our group, just the other day, we talked about how to communicate with your significant other. And sometimes how, whether they receive it. So sometimes my wife will come up to me and say, Oh, this is hurting. This is uh, this is this. And I'm, and I'm, I'm immediately trying to fix it. Right. Cause I'm a fixer. I'm, I'm the guy in my head. What, what me represents love, what represents love to me is being able to fix your problems. And, My wife doesn't necessarily need me to fix her problems. She just needs someone human who's going to be emotionally connected to her and who's going to be uh, present with her and say, how can I help you? What do you need? Or, or I'm sorry to hear that mama. So women receive information different sometimes, right? I'm saying my wife does and about half the, half the group the other day when we were talking about the subject and we learned a lot about like communicating and so, and how to communicate in a better way. So if she asked me a question, how I could respond instead of saying, how can I fix it? I could say, tell me more. How does that make you feel? I'm not saying use those. I'm saying this is what we're learning. And so we left that group with a little bit more tools in our back pocket to hopefully mitigate an argument that could potentially lead to terminal crisis, right? And I say that because that's what happens. We we talk about alcohol. We have a group that's a a handful of us who are sober and who have kind of like seen the light on why we need to be sober. Not everyone's in that, in that same space, but the reasons why alcohol is an interesting one to me, um, is that, and I wrote about it, my, I wrote about wrote, wrote about it in my first book, um, like the fuse was that alcohol is like the, one of the worst drugs in our culture that, that we deem as completely fucking normal. And it's not for me anymore, but if you look at the statistics of people who've succumbed to terminal crisis, 99% have been drinking because alcohol gives people that fuck it mentality. And so if you're, if you or your friend or, or, you know, are not in a good place, the last thing you want to do is to add a depressant to your system. So that's all I'll say about that in itself. On top of that, you know, if you guys do struggle with addiction, you can directly message me and I will try and find a inpatient facility for you that's close to you or that'll cover your, that'll be covered by your insurance. Okay. Because I've worked in the addiction space for a little time with Beech Tree Diagnostics. I've seen what it can do to families. And uh, I have a heart for that space now that I never had in the past until I've worked in it. And so, alcohol, and any other addictions, um, we find answers for people. So if a veteran came to me or someone in my men's group came to me, we would either get them into a program. We have our own little kind of group sessions and program that we have as well. Uh, And we can get them into inpatient clinics if we need to anywhere in the the United States. We have, uh, we're we're partnered up with another uh, clinic that does that. So I say that because that's another space of the top five, right, that we're trying to mitigate. Okay. So trauma, let's get into that. Um, a lot of us have trauma from our past that we're not going to want to admit or face or even want to even get into. I do. Okay. You guys will never hear about that stuff because I'm not ready. I'm working on that on my own with my wife and a counselor and getting through some of the stuff that's happened to me in my past that I've been through. Okay. And I didn't know I was so hung up on stuff in my childhood until I have doing the work for my current life, right? For post-traumatic stress due to combat. And as I work through that, I start to like, whoa, there's more. So what happens is if you don't unpack and heal a lot of that, and really it comes down to if you don't get to a position of acceptance, well, then you tend to take on some other activities in your life that are um, self-destructive, drinking, Drugs, um, addiction to uh, sex, addiction, right, Uh, porn addiction, uh, so on and so forth. And so you have to really heal some deep-rooted shit to stop yourself from being in those spaces as well. So there is whether you like it like it or not. There's generational trauma. There's childhood trauma. There's adult trauma, relationship trauma, financial trauma, all those things are things. And your body, it it manages it as best it can until it can't. And when it can't, it starts to come out, like I said, as a self-destructive. Some of us just don't like to be in a comfortable, happy place. We find a way to fuck it up. You and your relationship are in a good place. You find a way to fuck it up. So on and so forth. And sometimes drinking alcohol is the other one as well. Okay. And so there's so many different Modalities these days, areas of healing of therapeutic value that you can attempt and try and find what works. Fitness, everyone uses that one. It's a good one, right? Hormone response is awesome. You know, feel good. You know, all that, right? But there's also breathing. There's also yoga. There's also there's plant medicine, non psychedelic, uh, psychedelic plant medicine. Uh, there's ketamine therapy. There's talk therapy. The list goes on and on. I personally am not here to say I condone any of it. You do whatever you want. I'm saying there's options out there. Some people just don't even know that there's different options other than going to a counselor that you're not really comfortable with and then taking an antidepressant. There's more to that. There's, There's deeper, deeper dives into the stuff that I think all of you should take. You really need to look within yourself and say, why am I afraid of doing meditation, what's so weird about it that I, I just can't I don't even want to try. What's what's wrong with trying that? What's wrong with trying sobriety? What's wrong with it, right? What's wrong with trying talk therapy, group therapy? What's wrong with trying non-psychedelic plant medicine? What's wrong with trying a sweat lodge with with the natives, you know, the indigenous brothers and sisters who who have this really a good grasp on all of that. We have to be the best advocates for ourselves and deep digger, deep dig deeper into our own wellness and holistic approaches to that. One way is not gonna be work for me and it's gonna work for you. Everyone is so different. Just like you were raised different than me, just like your life experiences are different than me, the way you see wellness will be different from you. And what works, what sticks is gonna be different for you. OK, but it's very important that you take it serious to the point where you research and try, man, and try as many of these things on the list because you don't know when you'll have a breakthrough. You really don't. OK, and, and as someone who is in this alpha male groups all the damn time, I've never really felt part of the group in a sense because I've always felt very different from everyone. And no one knows that. I don't let them see that. But internally, I never felt, I've never felt comfortable in my own skin in those groups. And as I'm learning more about myself is like, because for a long time, I tried to just fit into those groups when I'm just not like in my heart, not like that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not built like that. I'm built a little bit different and I have to accept that. So as I, as I dig into this so much more, I I've learned a lot and I've been in a healthier place and I've been able to find a lot of answers for myself and, and, and make me a better husband, a better father and someone who is doing everything he can to not hand my kids that same trauma. Right. I don't want to give them my trauma. I want them to like experience life free and of their own accord and have freedoms from this shit that has bogged me down for so long. And so as I have dug into this and, and we talk about the addiction space, the last one is physical pain. And, you know, I used to have a really bad back and I understand the idea of like, I don't want to do this no more. The pain is so bad. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to go do stem cell treatment and it saved me. When I say my back was bad, there was a point I couldn't put my pants on. My wife had to do it for me because I couldn't uh, just, just bending down that much. My back would hurt, but as well as my daughter and my wife would have to help help me up the stairs. Uh, it it, it was so bad that like you can't run with your kids. You're crooked. When you have a bad back, when you have pain like that, it's, it's demoralizing. And, um, I went through it and, um, you know, I was, I was at a point where I was at a breaking point and I was very fortunate enough to be offered the opportunity through a veteran organization to do stem cell treatment and it changed my life. Um, and so I understand those areas and I would recommend to you guys, if you have chronic pains, there's, there's answers out there. We just had to find the, the, the Rolodex of different answers and you go and be a guinea pig for yourself and try them, try them. I've slept more, better than I ever have in my freaking, I don't know how long, because I finished this, this traumatic brain injury um, clinic. It was a two-week clinic at the Resiliency Brain Health in Dallas, and I've never had so many dreams in my life. I'm having crazy dreams, and I'm like, man, that means, that means I'm getting good sleep that's, that's a success. And I never would have done that if I wasn't willing to put myself in those places. I have another call with someone in Ohio. I'm going to go try and do something else. So I'm going to keep doing this path. And I think you should too. Okay. So I tell about those five areas, finances, relationships, <laughs> my fingers aren't working, finances, relationships, uh, trauma, addiction, and pain. Those are the five areas that people go to terminal, that, that succumb to terminal crisis the most. Those are the five areas that I would focus on mitigating first. And what you do is you give yourself tools with those modalities of healing that we're talking about. You use those tools when I find myself in some kind of crisis, a stressful crisis, or again, a bad fight with my wife or, or, or work does me dirty. And I just feel like, and, and life just hits, right? Because life hits. I have tools like breathing. American Phil from American Yogi taught me how to breathe, taught me how to calm myself down and breathing at a point where I was felt like I was losing control. And in 20 minutes, I felt like it was gone and it was like a a gift. And I think you guys should look into that shit, look into it with real authentic effort and, and learn and learn how to give yourself tools, a tool bag of answers for crisis that just builds resiliency. And that's what we all need. We need to be resilient. We need to find a way to be resilient in this times where life is fucking tough, dude. A lot of men come to me about getting divorced and they want to, they want to end it. They want to, they're doing this, this whole thing. And I said, like, dude, I've been there. I've, I've done that. I get it. And in the end, all you can do is become the best version of you. And I put them down the same path, go to counseling, talk to this dude, join this group. And then let's start hitting and get in the gym, get better. Boom, boom, boom. And eventually I just talked to this one dude. I put him through the same program and he goes, bro, it's life's good bro, and I met someone new. I'm like, yeah, because you made yourself and you put yourself in a better place. Now don't go and fucking not fix some of the things that caused issues and then fucking have this happen again. Right. We have to continue to grow. And so I say all that like you need tools. Breathing is a valuable tool. If you guys are curious, American yogis who I use Phil from American yogi, uh, breathing, breathing treatments, he teaches you how to do some breathing. Uh, another one is, uh, um, Gallant few, uh, with Carl Monger. He has a couple programs that you guys can look into. Uh, there's a lot of tools out there for you guys to have in your back pocket, yoga, breathing, meditation, prayer, uh, the gym, but there's different thing in group sessions of, of just community. So these things that help you have tools of managing crisis and that builds resiliency and resiliency is what we need because here's the deal. Life will be hard. Life will be hard. There's going to be bills, all right. There's going to be relationships in, in male and female and female, ma- female, male, male. It doesn't matter. Trying to communicate is tough, so we have to manage that. Finance will be tough. Raising kids is tough, dude. <laughs> Raising kids is tough. Uh, but also trying to find, you know, comfort in your own skin, happy with yourself. That's tough. There's things I'm not happy about myself. Trust me. But uh, I work on them, you know, because I've learned those tools. And I've learned how to positive talk myself and say, you're good enough, dude. And, uh, oh, it's okay. You might've fucked up today, but tomorrow I'll be better. And I'm not so hard on myself anymore. And I'm okay with that. My wife loves me. My kids love me. Uh, my God loves me and I have the tools I need when life hits me and, uh, and I'm ready for it. And, and I want you guys to be as well. And so the last thing I'll say is, you know, it's 40 minutes in. The last thing I want to say is that, you know, I think a lot of people go to one session of counseling, one session of this, one session of this, and they think it's good. All right. Mental health and wellness has no destination. My friend Dave Labora said that. And when he said that to me, I was like, bro, you you just took the weight off my chest because for so long, I didn't understand. This is a life style. You will continue to work on you because the world around you will, will evolve. Things will change. Presidents will change and COVID will change. All these things will happen in our life and we have to continue to use those tools and practice them and be good at them and find new tools. Right And find new communities and grow and change like it's just part of life. It's part of life, and we have to accept that it's okay, it's okay, okay, yeah, man, you know, I felt you know wearing the hat of my boy, Neil Curry, rest in peace brother, but I wanted to come here and talk about how we how we leave our message to the world, how we give it, what you put on social media is important. The people that receive it, if not your own kids who see it, you're leaving a negative or a positive response. You're, you're genuinely leaving something. You, you're you putting a message out. It's either positive or negative. And if you're giving negative intentionally, you could be setting someone else up for failure. And so I want you guys to be mindful of that. I want you to understand the power of messaging the power of psychology, understanding psychology. I want you guys to to be very positive in your deliveries because it's good for you and it's good for your people who follow you, okay? Because I give a shit about all of you, man. And I want you guys all to be successful and I want you to be happy. And if at any point, I know what it's like to to be in crisis and look through that phone and feel like you can't talk to anyone. Like, Brother, no. Dad, no. Don't want to bother them. Don't want to burden them. No. Don't want to bother them. And that's that's your head lying to you. Every single one of those people, if they have the ability to answer, they will answer and they will hear you out. And so, I know when someone's in terminal crisis, they don't think to call no one. But maybe if I say it enough, maybe I say it enough, it'll break through. You can call me. You can message me, and I'll direct traffic. I'll I'll, I'll connect the dots. And I'll send you to my friends, my, my partners. I'll send you to, to wherever we can to create, uh, get you started in the path of mitigating all crisis in your life. Okay. Give you the tools, man, because that's the beauty of life, man. That's the beauty of it all. Hey, I love you guys. You guys don't forget my sponsors, man. Those guys, you know, they give me the opportunity to do this for you guys. And I want to continue to do this. I want to fly some really, fascinating people in psychology up here. I want to talk to them. I want to continue to go down this path with you guys and continue to enlighten you guys and teach you guys. But as I'm on the journey with you learning myself, I just want to be one of the places that you know you can come to that's going to have some positive thought, some some push in, the, in a good direction. I'm going to always see things in for the better of it, right? I'm always going to you know, I know I know United States of America right now is going through some crazy trials and tribulations. <laughs> but uh I'm blessed to still be alive. I'm blessed to have the air in my lungs and to be able to enjoy my beautiful kids and to be able to have my wife as my friend and and she's my companion and I, I see I see the good in it and I have nothing but gratitude and I hope you guys see the world like that because I think um, strip everything else off from f- money to cars and all the stuff that's fake. Um, the relationships you have with your significant, significant other, your family, your kids, and your friends is the most valuable thing you'll ever have this is the video rock podcast and I'm out.